Here we go. You're listening to Only the Important Stuff. I am your host, Jeff Heinrich. It is Monday. Bam, let me fast forward seven days. June 19th. Juneteenth. Look at that. Man, dropping an episode on Juneteenth. 2023. Um, thank you so much for coming along on this journey. It, it means a lot that you're listening to this. Uh, today, I'm kind of going back into my baseball past and talking to another one of my coaches from from Augustana. Um, he, he jumped on when we were seniors. I only got to play for him for one year, um, but that one year was impactful for me for a lot of reasons. And uh, I'm looking forward to having a good conversation with him, talking about his journey, how he got there, and, and how he is kind of how he kind of continued that evolution of Augustana baseball into what it is today. So, with all that being said, uh, welcome to the podcast, Coach Jeff Holm. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Jeff. Thank you for uh, for inviting me. This is the type of stuff that uh, uh, is the it is the important stuff. Uh, relationships, getting to talk with people, and uh, rehash some old stories. Some of them have been elevated by now, but they're all fun. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's very. <laughs> the title of this is very tongue in cheek, right? Because sometimes I'm going to have some legitimate conversations with my friends, with former coaches, mentors, whatever. But then sometimes you know, we, we go off a beaten path and it's just pure nonsense and, and stupidity, but, it, but that's also important, right? Like that's how you create those relationships yeah. and how you bond. That fits me pretty well. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for jumping on today. Uh, super excited to talk to you for a ton of reasons. Um, but uh, you know, as I was looking at your, your bio on SDSU's webpage, you know, finding out you're from Brookings, South Dakota. I don't know if I knew that in the past. So, yeah. so t- take me from, we're going to start with your baseball journey. Let's start there, right? How did a, sure. how did a kid from Brookings, South Dakota end up at Mankato State and not yeah. playing for the hometown Jackrabbits? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so as I, as my baseball experiences went along growing up in Brookings, I had several coaches um, who were players at SDSU mm-hmm. and talked about their experience and talked about Mankato and the rivalry and other rivalries. Um, and it just so happened that um, uh, I visited Mankato um, and I can't even remember why, uh, but I really liked, liked the place. And so I uh, had a conversation with Coach Boyer uh, Coach Boyer was there at the time and was there for a long time. Yeah, um, and it was a good conversation, and uh, he he invited me to to come along, and I just felt really good about it. And ironically, uh, the day after that, it was either the day or the second day after that, uh, Coach Eklund, Mark Eklund from SDSU, called and asked uh, if if I had any plans for college yet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if, if I'd consider coming to SDSU, um, and I, I had just already fallen in love with Mankato and it was, it was okay to get away from home, um, and, and kind of do my own thing a little bit. So hey, that's how I ended up in Mankato. So did you have a lot of, uh, other options or, or, or right. Cause it, it's been, it's been interesting talking to Samala, Teddy, and, and all the guys I played with, right? Like how we all kind of very randomly ended up at Augie, even yeah. though, you know, we were recruited by them, but you know, we all got the, gosh, back then it was, you know, two fifty five hundred $500 offer from Mankato. Come, come join the baseball, yep. you know? Okay. Well, 
I didn't feel any love there, you know, to the JUCOs in Iowa, you name it, right? And so I'm just, you know, what other options were out there for you and what other than, you know, Boyer, I know that's a big part of going to any college is the coach. Yes. Was there something about Mankato that like felt like home or? Yeah, you know, uh, yes, yes. I have to say that, yes, when I was there, it felt like home and it felt like, um, yeah, this would be a good place for me. So, and when I coached, um, I was always very honest with, with recruits Mm -hmm. and said, Hey, this is, this is the place for me, wherever I was at, this is a place for me. Doesn't mean it's a place for you. You're going to know whether you feel uh, at home on campus or not. And if you don't, don't fight that feeling. You have to go where you feel comfortable. Otherwise you're going to regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what I did at, at Mankato. It just felt like home. Um, and Heine, I, I did not have a ton of other choices. Um, Mankato SDSU, to be honest, I had more offers for, believe it or not, basketball than wow. baseball as a five, nine little shrimp. Holy um, but at the time, if you remember, well, you won't remember in 1987, the three point line came in sure. and I could do uh, just a couple of things pretty well in basketball. And one of them was shoot the three. Nice. And so that's uh, how some became interested in me until they found out I couldn't get myself open and I couldn't dribble. <laughs> then it, it, it kind of backed off. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Um, uh, so, w- was Mankato the power it was when you were there? Yes, yes. Um, we, uh, my, well, I, I was on the five-year plan, Heine. I, I wasn't uh, nice. interested in getting out of there real quickly. Um, we, it was at least three of the years that we won conference, and two of the years we were in the regional final. Oh. Never went to the College World Series when I was when I was there, but we were in the regional final two of those years. Okay, okay. So. And has have they won it? I don't know if they have. They have not won the whole thing. They got runner up in okay. uh, 2019, maybe. Oh, really? Something like that. Yeah, it was. It was real close to when Augie won the national championship. Wow. It was the year after it, I think. Interesting. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. And so playing at Mankato, right? Um, I know when I when I was going through my process, right? It felt like a Hey, this is a, this is our program. You're gonna come and you're gonna assimilate into the program, and you're just gonna be another cog in the yes. wheel. Was it like that when you were there? Uh, no. It, well, yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. We were all uh, taught the same way of how to hit, but we also were um, allowed to be uh, individuals okay. uh, if needed. Uh, but we were taught, you know, go opposite field, uh, sit mm-hmm. back, you know, short swing to the ball. Yeah. We were taught those things. We we're all taught the same things, right, left field, right, left throw, fundamentals. Um, we were mm-hmm. taught things that I didn't know until I got to college, and we all practiced them. You know how it goes. You practice in the gym forever, it seems mm-hmm. like. You just do it over and over, and it becomes second nature. So in that way, yes, you were a cog because you did things yeah. all similarly. Uh, but Coach Boyer uh, allowed you to be yourself as well. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Maybe I just, yeah, it, from an outsider's perspective, I never got to go there, right? So it's, it, it, that's just, it felt very impersonal, like going through the thing. And it, that's not a knock, right? Like there's, no. there's a thousand programs out there that have that storied history that's like, this is how we do things. 
and you come in and you're this is how you're going to do them, right? Um, well, and that there's certainly some truth to that, but there was some individual. I mean, you could absolutely do some things um, if you had reasons for sure, it, for sure. sure, sure. And he, uh, Coach Boyer, was a very um, and still is such a people person and such a um, he's just energetic. He's yeah. fun. He doesn't, he makes fun of himself. He, he's just, you like, you want to be around him type sure. of guy. I can see how some might not like him, um, uh, because he's confident. Um, uh, but he, I, like, I still talk to him once a month. He, awesome. He's a very good friend of mine. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. you mentioned how, like, you didn't know anything <laughs> about baseball and, yes. I know I definitely felt that way, right? I grew up in a small town. Coaching was was what it was, right? You know, it's not there's not a lot of, of elite baseball minds scattered throughout rural Minnesota, right? So <laughs> I didn't have the, the the luxury of playing for one. And so when I got to college and like started to learn what baseball is, right? And especially as a pitcher, right? And you know, getting down two O, right? Or you know, three one's a crazy dangerous position to be in and you don't want to give up oh two hits and all that stuff, right? It like that was all just you know, yeah. I was drinking from a fire hose at that point, right? Like just <laughs> it, it's what it felt like. And so yeah. I was it like that for you as well, especially as you know, a yes. position player, a hitter, right? And like learning all those things. Because in high school it's just bad on ball, right? And yes. Make yes, plays. It, it definitely was like that for me, I need um and you know, as a as a high school kid who who is pretty decent, you think you know everything. For sure. Uh, but boy, uh, it it was 15 minutes into the first practice, he, I figured out pretty quickly I didn't know much. So, what was that adjustment period like for you? Wait, like how oh, long? Oh, just did... soak it in. Yeah, it was awesome. I, it was great. It was is you you'd start feeling like oh that's what. That's what when I watch the twins, that's what that guy's doing. Now, okay, now we're practicing this stuff. Sure. It felt great, and the hitting, especially like I, I could put bat on ball, and I could I was fine. I didn't strike out much, but I didn't know how to drive the ball. Sure. Um, and I learned how to drive the ball in, in college, and it just felt great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet, I bet. Um, so you you were there five years. Yes. At at some point. During those five years, did you kind of say to yourself, I, I think I want to coach this? When yes. Did, when did the coaching bug, like, take off for you? My fourth year. Okay. Um, my fourth year. So I had a college roommate named Monty Dufault, um, and he ended up getting drafted by the – he played basketball and baseball at, at Mankato. He got drafted by the Twins after junior year. Okay. He was a shortstop. Um, and at the time at Mankato, there was uh, – not very many people played as freshmen and sophomore on the varsity team. Some of the stellar ones did, but not very many. But we had a JV program that mm-hmm. our studs went went through the JV program, and then it just was a feeder program almost, almost a, its own junior college. Sure. And we played 40 JV games against Bethany and Waldorf and other junior colleges. Okay. Um, so it felt like a season. So I played uh, – my freshman and sophomore year, I played a majority JV, and it was great. It was it was good competition, and the guy the guys ahead of me were way better than I was. Um, so it was just nice. Well, my junior year, 
Uh, I had a couple of chances in my senior year. It was going to be Monty Dufault playing shortstop and me playing second base. Mm-hmm. Monty got drafted. <clears throat> Monty got drafted, and we brought in um, a couple of kids that were really good. Tom Ashley and Kyle Kersmarzik, uh, both Minnesota kids. One a shortstop, one a second baseman. And Coach Boyer, to his credit, um, had a had a tough conversation with me because he's like, Homer, you've been – You've been doing everything, but I got to tell you, I have, I have a feeling I want these two freshmen to play shortstop and second baseman. Um, Monty's, Monty's not there. Um, you can, you guys worked well together, but I just feel like this is what we should do. And he wanted my reaction on that. And then he wanted, he said, what I would offer to you in place is, I have never offered this to someone before. Uh, it, you you could be a player coach. I'd put you as an assistant coach because I think you can be a really good coach and you can start your coaching career here. Um, and I was I've never been that type of kid that needed to to oh you got to play me. I've not I work hard and chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. And so I thanked him for being honest with me and said I'll do whatever you want me to do. So that's what I ended up doing. I played here and there, uh, but mostly I was there just soaking it in from him, and he let me do some things that uh, I'm very appreciative of. Sure, sure. I mean, I like that's not an easy com- – it's not an easy conversation to be on the receiving end of, right? Of, no. Uh-uh. Man, no. I, I've worked my tail off. I, I know yes. I've earned this. So I can't imagine kind of like how that – potentially like would have impacted you did it take a minute for you to you know get over that right because no matter how like cool we all think we all are and like that 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 doesn't impact us it does in some some way but how long you know before you kind of got through that and realized man here's this awesome opportunity that he's also giving me in lieu of right and yeah and dive into that you hit the nail on the head because right away I was like, coach, I can play. I know I can play. Yeah. Uh, but the the respect that he had gained that I had for him, it was immeasurable because sure. of how he treated people and how I saw he operated. Yeah. Um, and so I trusted him. I, I wasn't going to, I wasn't questioning him at all. So I said immediately, I, I think I can play, but I understand um, what you're asking and I will do whatever, whatever I need to do to help this team. Um, because I was in it for the team. I wasn't in it for me. I I was in it for the team. And I think you saw that in my one year of coaching you is you gotta be in it for the team. If, if you're not, you're probably in it for the wrong reasons. Um, so it took in the, in the moment, in the conversation. Yeah. I did say, Hey, I do think I can play, but I trust you. And then probably, I turned pretty quick. I, I, it didn't take long. Um, I don't know if I thought to myself, well, what's good, good's it going to do to lament over something? Sure. Um, but I, I told him what I thought and now I better be on board with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you were able to, you know, player coach, you know, fourth, fifth year, fifth year, fifth year. And then you graduate and where does your, I mean, I know I, yeah. You go back to SDSU, right? Yeah. So I went, I actually taught high school at Watertown, Watertown, okay. South Dakota for three years and then helped okay. coach the Legion baseball team. 
And while I was coaching or while I was teaching high school, um, at the time, Heine, you'll remember this at the time, head coaches at the division two level and even at the division one level had a secondary duty. Um, so you'd be teaching racquetball or physical education or doing whatever. Um, and so you pretty much had to have a master's degree if you wanted to pursue being a collegiate head coach. And so while I was uh, teaching high school, I'd take uh, night classes for my master's degree at SDSU. And then after three years of taking night classes, I was down to where I just needed one year of classes. So my wife, who is the best, um, she's, I, I said, you know what, I, I'd like to just, quit my teaching job and go back to school full time, get this, be a help coach Eklund at SDSU as a, as a, a volunteer assistant, basically. Yeah. Um, and then try to be a head coach. And my wife said, yep, let's do it. We moved to Brookings. She worked and, and I did odd jobs and paid the bills and got my master's degree. And then I was a assistant coach at SDSU uh, for two years and then after that, I got my first head coaching job at Millican University and then went to Augustana after that. Yeah, so how'd you end up in Millican? Yeah, so Millican, I applied, I bet you, 50 places okay. for head coaching. Um, and the first year, nothing. I got nothing, no no calls, nothing. Um, so I, I coached again at SDSU. Yeah. Uh, Mark, Mark Eklund was kind enough to, to – offer me another position. So I was there, um, that second year. And then after the second year, for whatever reason, I had, uh, two schools call almost immediately. One was Millican and one was, uh, South East Oklahoma state, um, in Altus, Oklahoma. And I had an interview for one at the beginning of a week and the other one, like two or three days later. So my wife and I hopped in the car and went both places um, and I told Amy, whichever one, if, if, I don't care which one, if sure. one of them gives me an offer, that's going to be it. So it was Milliken who called pretty quick after I was like, yes, I'll take it. So, and it ended up being a great place Decatur, yeah. Illinois, division three school, um, division three often gets overlooked. There's some good players at division three. It was a good place. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. you know, I, you, you, you never met the Holly twins, did you? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, Ross and Ryan, right? Yeah, Ross and Ryan. Yeah. So they were a part yeah. of our class, but you know, we we all stay in touch still. And Ross, you know, he he runs essentially a recruiting service and has for like mm-hmm. the last ten years, and talks a lot about how, you know, that number as a as an eighteen, you know, fifteen, you know, when you're coming up through high school, like that number after the D matters a lot to you, but yes. in reality. It, it shouldn't because it's more important to like find the place where you are more most comfortable and a lot of times up especially up north you know those d2 d3 programs are they're on par with you know a lot of those kind of you know pick a state pick a direction pick you know throw technical in there and then throw university yeah. at the end and those are d1 programs in the south right and it's yeah. the same, you know, level of talent, you know, at those levels, you know, a lot of time or can be 
at a lot at a lot of places. It's just a lack of exposure up here. You know, we play twenty games in the spring. Right, right. You know, yes. you, you don't have a lot of all that just those eyes on you. So like kids are just trying to continue their playing career and holy crap, I mean the amount people mature and get better from eighteen to twenty one, twenty two years old, right, is it's it's yes. leaps and bounds. So yeah, a hundred percent. Like I, I know some yes. dudes who play D three you know, Gustavus, St. Thomas, like they could have played at Augie for sure. hundred percent. For sure. Right. Like probably were even better than some of our guys at times. Right. So yeah, like it's definitely, I don't look at those things as a knock. Those are just guys chasing their, their dream and trying to keep that passion going. Um, Absolutely. So you get this first gig at Milliken and you know, what's, what's, the first day, first month, like, is it just tons of excitement, nervousness? What's, what's going oh, through your yes. head? All of that. I, I, you know, you think at the time that you're ready for everything and then you realize years later, you weren't ready for anything, right. but I think that's part of the, why it's so exciting uh, is because you do think you're ready for it. You think you're doing things right. And you just learn as you go. Um, excitement was an understatement. I mean, sure. I was ready to go. Our, I, I walked into a team and I got hired late, um, August, something in August. Uh, and so it was, uh, right next to when school was going to start, didn't have the opportunity to bring a really anybody in. Everybody yeah. had a, a place to go. And so I had a team that, um, was there already and we weren't very good. We weren't very good, but I have to give those guys credit. They bought in, um, and even we ended up 11 and 29. You can only play at that time. You can only play 40 games, um, at division three, we're 11 and 29. Um, but our guys played hard till the end and they beat the nationally ranked team twice in the last weekend, uh, number five in the nation. I think they were, and we played just great. And so you could see it starting to click and them starting to do some things. And they just hung in there with me. And that group I'll forever be grateful for because they helped like that next year. Uh, honey, I'm going to have the number off a little bit, but it, it was something like 40 freshmen that, that we brought wow. in uh, the next year. And then we, we started a JV program. That's what I was used to, right? A, a feeder program. Guys need to get uh, playing time. Some some guys might not develop until their second or third year, but if they get playing time, then you can see it. So we we ran a JV program. We played 25 of those games. We played 40 varsity games, and then they boosted up to 46 games you could play. Mm-hmm. And the next year we were 25 and 11. The varsity level we played. Um, it was either six or seven of the position uh, players were freshmen that year, um, and I think our top four pitchers were freshmen. And so it was a, it was a group that was young enough that they didn't really know they weren't supposed to be that good. And it was just kind of fun. Um, and then the the following year was, was the same thing. And we were making some, some headway and it felt good. I wanted to be at Milliken for a while. It was a great school. Um, and that's when coach McCabe left. Um, and, uh, Bill Gross, the athletic director at the time, uh, called me and asked if I was interested in, yeah, I was like, I, I didn't, somebody's calling me for the, like, why are they calling me? I, I, I'm, I'm here sure. at this school. So it just, I came and interviewed and it felt good and it was coming home and uh, all my baseball cohorts thought I was crazy to go 
further north instead of further south. Yeah. Uh, but it was home. Um, it, it was home and it just felt right. Um, and so I was fortunate to, to come into a good situation at Augie where you guys, you, I know we lost Ross and Ryan. Um, we may have lost someone else. I, I forget before I got here, but we had a good core group of guys who uh, bought in almost immediately. Um, you were, you were almost craving some things, um, and hoping for some things It felt like hoping for some things that I think went well for you and you, you were ready to go and proved it in our conference season. You guys were ready. Yeah. That's, that's super interesting to hear, right? Like that, um, you got recruited, right? Uh, essentially to interview, you know, and go through that whole process. I was going to ask like what went into trying to like get back home, uh, so to hear, you know, hey, you know, Gross just had reached out. That's that's awesome. I'm curious. Other than you know, I mean, I, it, it's a step up from D two to D three. I just got done talking about, or D three to D two. I just got done done talking about how the number doesn't matter. But right. from a coaching standpoint, I I recognize like that is a. It's like getting a promotion in in some yes. respects. Um, yes, it and, it feels like it anyway. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So. Other than that, like, how hard was it to leave, like, something that you had you had already kind of – you'd come into, you know, it's your first love, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was your yeah. first gig. And, you know, so how hard was that to walk away from this this program that you had been building and were experiencing success in to come yeah. to Augustana? If, it, if it's not hard to walk away from, it's probably something that you didn't enjoy and didn't pour your heart and soul into. Sure. Um, and so – um, if you walk away from something and it's easy, it might not have been worth it. Uh, um, and I, I'm not saying that like if someone retires and they walk away and they're just ready to go great. Yeah. Uh, but in this instance, um, it, it, it was tough. It was sure. really tough. I mean, you, you hit it. It's, it was my first head coaching job and I loved it. I love those kids. I love those parents. I love the administrators, the custodians. I, I mean, I, you just, I loved them all. Um, and so that, that stunk, but at the same time, it, that was terrible. It wasn't hard to go to Augustine. It wasn't hard to make that switch because I knew it was the right thing to do for, for a number of reasons. Probably the, the utmost one was family. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just had a newborn, and uh, yep. both grandparents are in Brookings. Uh, my brother, uh, my wife's two brothers were all here. Um, and so you take those in things to, into account. And it's, I'm, firstly, Augustine is a great school. Secondly, I knew Brett McCabe because he was at SDSU. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that he had recruited well. I talked to him a number of times before taking the job. Um, I felt good about it. I felt good about the administration, good about Sioux Falls, good that we could recruit to Augustana. It was a good place with good values. Um, And it it was a blessing. It was, it was the right thing at the right time. And I'm very blessed to have put that the opportunity. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I remember being on the hiring committee, yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to call it, right? And getting yeah. a chance to, I think it was Allard and myself. Um, Grubby was Grubner on it as well. I don't, I don't remember. I don't think so because I think he went home in the summer. Oh, maybe, yeah. Um, but Allard and I were there, and I think there, I, I, 
it was a ju- uh, a junior or going to be a junior. I think it was might have been Phil. Uh, Phil Lang. Yeah. Kevin Wiesner, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Like, but there was a couple of us, and we got we got a chance to talk to everybody. And I just remember, you know, the the other candidates, like nothing about them excited me the way like you talked about coaching and building relationships with players and you know what you were going to try to do i just remember like walking out of there and i looked at dan and i just said yeah like i don't i I don't know if they're planning on having us talk to anybody else but we don't need to like that's the guy because it was such a it felt like such a dramatic shift and nothing against mccabe i love mccabe um but and looking back on this is perspective you only gain you know after years of of going through you know stuff in your life yeah but you know we lost Ross and Ryan and we had lost McCabe that was like a that was a big deal to us and I don't think we recognized how big of a deal it was at the time like that right having that loss so having somebody come in who was who cared about the people mattered a lot Right. And so like, like hearing those things in that interview is just like, yeah, like that's the guy. Right. And so we were super excited, like when they told us that they were hiring you. So I'm just, what was that interview process like for you? Was there some nervousness in there or I I don't Uh, know, it just excited I think you'd be lying. I think anybody lies if they're, if they say there isn't any nervousness there, Mm -hmm. there really is. It's like before playing a championship game, if you're coming in to close the game out, even though you really want to, there's still some nerves there. You just get past it. Just get past it. So yeah. You know, the thing about interviews, if you're not yourself, then you're, you're fooling people and yourself. And so, um, you just try to be yourself and try to answer, answer as honestly as you can. You know, you do try to, you try to figure out how do they want me to answer? And then how do I fit that into what works for me? You do try to figure some of that out. Yeah. I'd be yeah. lying if, if, if I didn't, but I felt really good about the interview. I felt good about talking with the players. I remember talking with the players. Um, and it's, it's always, with me is relationships are number one. Mm-hmm. It it just is. You try to treat people as well as you possibly can get to know them, honestly care about them, be genuine. Yeah. People see through it. If you're not genuine. Absolutely. Absolutely. They do. Like, so when you're sitting there like talking to players, are you kind of going through in your head and kind of being like, all right, who's this guy on the, you know, like what, <laughs> where's, where's that person stack up on the team? Like how quickly do I need to get their buy-in if I get the job? Is that going through your head or are you just kind of sitting there? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Who who is a leader? Who's a quiet leader? Who's a vocal leader? Who thinks they're a leader, but they're really not, you know, those types of things. Yes. (laughs) But you, you, you try to um, engage with everybody because everybody is important. Um, just like I, I said before, if you're on a team, you, you just try to be the best teammate you can and try to do things you can for the team. Yes, you're lifting so you make yourself better, but it makes the team better. Um, and that's the overall goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you get the job, right? Yes. And you're coming back home. I say that in quotation marks, but you're coming back to South Dakota. Yes. And you're going to be the head coach of Augustana. Like, you're going to be coaching against your former head coach. 
Yes. And against like your hometown of SDSU, like, is there some, I can't wait to stick it to them or like what's going through your head in that scenario? As a competitor, you're like, I cannot wait to play them. I, we are going to beat them and we are going to show them that we, we know what we're doing. Of course. Yes. Sure. Um, but you, you obviously want to be respectful, but I am, I, I, I'm getting excited right now. You talking about coming back home to Augustana, it was a, a great time. Uh, in, in my wife and my wife's life and getting our family back here. And I actually stayed with my grandparents for uh, two months because my wife was in, still in Decatur, finishing her job. Decatur, Illinois is where Millican is yep. finishing her job with a, with a newborn on uh, trying to sell the house. Um, so it, it, it was a bunch of chaos, but it was great at the same time. It was, um, it was the right thing to do. We knew in your heart and you knew in your gut is the right thing to do. And then when you get to know the players and get to know the people at Augustana better, it just solidified that it was the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. So you're hired, you're coming in spring or fall ball is kicking off. You're seeing everybody. What's going Like, what are your initial reactions? Like, what did I step into? Or I can't wait to like work with these, like what's going on? Like we got some players or these guys stink. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's amazing. Firstly, the, the incoming freshmen, it's always interesting to watch them the first week because everybody that is recruited to play college baseball was a stud in high school. Yeah, They, They just were. And so some of those studs never had, uh, any, um, real competition for positions or any real challenges to whether they're going to play or not. And so that first week watching those incoming freshmen is interesting um, because you see who craves that and who might shy away from it and who might need a little help. Uh, But for me at Augie, I'm not only watching that, but I'm watching the upperclassmen and how they relate with each other and how they relate with the freshmen and how they relate with the other coaches, um, how they doing academically. How is this all going to fit? Are they, are they being kind to one another, but are they working their tails off expecting others to work their tails off? Um, and as, as a, as a new head coach, you want to make sure you get some of your, your points across You're Hey, you're not throwing your helmets. You're not, it's not the bat's fault. You struck out pitchers. Hey, you walked a guy. Who cares? Mm-hmm. No, you're not trying to. Who cares? Move on. Move on to the. You know, though you're trying to develop a bunch of things at once. And you, you. I remember sitting back. Um, it might have been after the first week of practice, and just telling myself, you know, I'm okay. We had to work on this. We got to work on this. We got to work on this. We got to work on this. And ooh, that wasn't good at practice. But the, I remember telling myself, just slow down. Remember, you have to develop a team first. You have to develop that camaraderie first and that relationship first. And the other things will come. Mm -hmm. Um, And so prioritizing the the appropriate items. And I'm I'm not saying that I always did things right because I certainly didn't. Uh, But prioritizing and slowing down and um, taking care of the things that really matter um, are are important. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I remember that, right? something that I had hadn't experienced yet. You, you get hired, you, you know, we're, I, I don't know if we were in the middle of fall ball or it had just ended, but you invited 
uh, seniors over to your house for dinner one night. And like, we, you know, we got to meet your wife and your, your newborn JD, right? Like, and none of us had been around a baby before, but it just, it (laughs) felt like, okay, all right. You know, he's, you know, working on those things. And that was exactly what we had hoped like would happen. Not like that. We're going to come over to your house every day or anything like that, but you know, that you were going to try to build those relationships and, you know, it, I still remember that to this day that, you know, you invited us over to your house to, to have dinner with you. It, it's so small. Yeah. It's such a small act, but it matters so much to, to people that are going through a transition like that. So, I mean, yes. you, you walked what you preached, right? Like you, so kudos, right? Uh, I would, uh, good. I'm glad to hear that. And it's interesting because, you know, when you're, I'm going to go back to the interview, when you walked out and said, yeah, he, he's the guy, you never know how, how players are going to take you. Mm-hmm. You never know it. I, I wouldn't have known sure. um, until this moment. I wouldn't have known that you had said that to Allard or would have said that to the admission or the uh, hiring crew whoever's on it. So I, I'm glad it worked that way. And I'm glad it felt right to you guys. Uh, Cause that's the only way it would have worked. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Growing pains that first year, right? I, I mean, <laughs> cause you were hired late, right? Yes. So you didn't have a class. <laughs> that no. year. Uh-uh. So, so like uh-uh. what's, you know, you're just inheriting a team that somebody else yes. recruited and has, left up an imprint on or done it their way. So what were some of the bigger challenges for you that first year? Throughout um, the entire just thing? evaluating, evaluating the talent that was there and the um, personalities that were there and how it might work fit best. Mm-hmm. Um, evaluating. Okay. Um, this is this Ted Nelson was injured. Um, you know, he, how are we going to overcome that? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I think he eventually got in towards the end of the year though, and, and did really well. So it was nice to see, um, evaluation is key. And then figuring out what style works best for this team. And I, I definitely had a style that I like to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but does that work best for a team that I didn't recruit? Sure. Um, maybe sure. not. Um, maybe it does. It ended up working really well. Um, and we had guys, we had, especially your class, Jeff, um, the guys who were only going to be there for one year of my coaching, you guys made all the difference. You, you really did. Uh, you, you, you buy in and you see that what we're trying to do is the right thing or, or even, even if it isn't the right thing, it's a belief, it's a belief. And then it gets everybody else to believe that's a big deal. That's Absolutely. a big deal. You, you can be, you can be teaching some things that maybe aren't what you would coach, but if you believe in the person who's, who's saying them to you and can relay that to your juniors and sophomores and freshmen, that means everything. And you did. Um, and I, I was, I, I don't know if you remember Heidi, but when we lost in the conference tournament, I know everybody was excited to go to the conference tournament. Yeah. I really thought we could win that stinking thing i really did and i think all of you guys thought that too i was so uh emotional after that last game i just felt so bad for you guys because i thought you guys could win it um but i realized in the end it was a good year 
you guys, it, the conference tournament wasn't easy to make. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't. And you guys deserved it. You earned it. I just, uh, it was emotional for me because of you guys. Mm-hmm. You That class, you made that team what it is, and you made the following years what it was because it made it easier to recruit. It made it easier for the young guys to keep buying in and then the, the freshmen coming in, buying in. It, that's And now you look at how it has evolved. Obviously, yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned it, right? Like we made the conference tournament. It was our first – this is the first time we ever made it. It was essentially the biggest achievement we had as a class. Right. Was was to get there. And, yeah, it didn't work out the way we would have wanted. But we definitely wore it like a badge of honor. Like, man, we we took this program – especially our class like we were because we were told on day one you guys are going to be a transformational class like we're changing the way things are done here here's nine of you a lot of people are going to lose their job you know you guys are going to get all you know all these opportunities to to play and to succeed and all these chances and if you know we we had climbed a hill you know success long-term success like that does not happen overnight you know we probably thought it was going to our freshman year um and then you then you start playing guys and you know the the shit that you threw in high school gets hit 400 feet in college so you got to get a little bit better right and you you start to you got to put in that work and it, it was even though we didn't win a championship we we had felt like man we had left this place in such a much better place than when we came than when we came here. And then for the very next year for you guys to turn turn it around, run it back and actually win the damn thing. Like yeah. I took I took probably more pride in that happening yeah. than anything that happened while I was there. Right. Just man, It was awesome. Look at that. It like, was awesome. You wanna know the thing that I, you didn't ask this question, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. Yeah. The thing that I remember the the most out of that first year is and this is a this is an it encapsulates everything that year group meant is we had just lost in the conference tournament we got back and it was a, I don't know a Sunday night maybe um, and that Monday I don't I didn't come in in the morning I was tired like everybody else was so I got there I don't know two o'clock in the afternoon I think it was finals week um, mm-hmm. something like that well when I roll into the office. <laughs> The batting shell is out on home plate, and I counted – it was either 13 or 17. It doesn't matter. 13 guys out there taking BP after a long year mm-hmm. and just losing in the, the conference tournament. Uh, I, when I saw that, I knew we had something special, awesome. and it carried into the next year. It, it was an awesome sight to see. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. Yeah. What were what were like the biggest challenges that year, right? Uh, the second year, the first year, first year. Um, you, you know, just getting to know you guys, getting sure. to know you guys, making sure that I did my job, and and making sure that you were not only getting what you needed as a baseball player, but getting what you needed as a person. Yeah. Um, and I, I know you, I can't fulfill everything, but I you know, you try to, sure. um, try to do your best, be fair, be honest, communicate well. Um, if, if you feel like someone needs a, uh, 
pep talk, great. If someone needs to be, you know, torn down a little bit, that's not, you know what I mean. Um, then that too, but just getting things, um, Brad McCabe did a good job of, uh, of, uh, teaching baseball the right way and making baseball a priority. And I knew that that I wasn't going to have much of a problem, but just keeping people on the straight line of this is what we're here for, but also we're going to have a little fun while we're doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, cause it, what, what, it, it's interesting. And like I talked with Ted and Andy, you know, and I, you know, I still talk with Allard. He and I are actually both on a, uh, our, we live in the same town. <laughs> um, and we're both on the baseball board, but we, we talk all the time, like just about how that senior year, you talk about like a long season. It was a long four years. Right. Yeah. And especially for us, because we all played all four years and, you know, I, it took a lot for me every day to to get up, you know, after having played, you know, I don't know, 200 games in four years and, you know, your arm is hanging on by a thread and, you know, you're eating Advil like they're Tic Tacs just, just to try to get out there and, and throw as hard as you can, you know, but it, what you were doing made that a lot more, a lot easier to get up for because we had this what felt like a new vision and a new direction and you know new path that we were going down that it was like all right yeah like I know I don't you know like personally I didn't have my best stuff that year and it sucked I hated it like that should be the best year of your collegiate career right but we all and Andy will you know he says the same thing Ted was hurt right we were just running we were ragged dogs at that point, right? right? Like in our careers, yes. but we were yes. trying, right? Like, and we would get up and get out there as hard as, as hard as it was every day, because we knew like, this is going to, it's going to work. It's going to pay off. And we had, and I think that that speaks to like what you were trying to do and trying to instill in us and about the team and, you know, how to do things the right way. Like, cause I, well, that's the, that's going back to the belief yeah. you, you guys believed um, and no matter who's leading you, if you have belief, it's going to work. It's just going to work. And please say hi to Allard for me. We'll do. We'll do. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's the same, right? Uh, not, not afraid to share his opinion and, uh, <laughs> quick to, I love it. quick to jump in and, you know, make you recognize where you're at. <laughs> he's, I love it. he's got a wild uh, job right now. He is like the guy who puts away all the bad guys. Like, and I mean the bad guys no up here way. in Minneapolis. Yeah. Whoa. Like, so is he an attorney? Yeah. He's a, I, I don't know his exact title. I'm assuming it's just an assistant DA, but he's yeah. the guy who prosecutes violent crime. The bad dudes. Yep. And he's, he's, that's right. You know what? I'm not surprised. Correct. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. That's good. The world needs people that can do that for the good of, the, of everybody else. That's good for him. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, right? You know, he was 130 pounds dripping wet, but has no issue, <laughs> you know, standing behind a desk and, you know, looking down the worst of the worst and putting yeah. them behind bars. Well, we need. Kudos to, to all of those in that profession. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
we all leave right now. You you you're getting to recruit your class, and you know you go on and win the conference tournament. You, you know you coach for what five more years, six more years at Augie? Uh, five. Yep, but six total, I believe. So what ended up being this? I don't know what you want to call it, but what 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 made you decide I'm gonna stop coaching baseball? Oh, good question. Um, in my family. Uh, so I was, you know, at the time, honey, I was the only full-time coach. We had a, a couple of part-time coaches. We had a GA. And so, um, I was doing all of the recruiting. Yeah. I was doing all of the, you know, making hotel arrangements, getting umpires. Um, I was, and then of course, we had games every weekend in the spring. And so my kid JD was getting to be, I suppose, T-ball age. And I started missing stuff. I I started missing those things. And so Amy and I were just chatting. um, And I was like, I I don't know. I know some coaches can do this, but they might have full-time assistants that they can go out on the road. And if I want, if we, if Augie wants to be good and you know this better than anyone, you got to recruit, 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 because yeah. you're not going to get everyone you, you recruit. And so that was, that was a lifeblood of our program um, is recruiting the right way. And it took a lot of time. And so I was gone every weekend. I would come home, you know, after a practice, I'd come home and what time would, would you guys go get, eat by six thirty or something? I'd get home by seven after getting the field ready. I'd, I'd uh, give the, give the kids a bath and then get on the phone and make recruiting calls. Um, and at the time when you're, when you're young, you, you're just go, go, go. Well, I got to the point where I was missing stuff and I, I am, I'm, I'm not going to get these years back if I miss these. And um, Amy and I were like, if we maybe ought to think about something else. Um, but I love the kids. I, I, that would be the worst. And the kids by, I mean, like you guys. Honey. Sure. Um, yeah. And so right at that time, Bill Gross, you know, I talked about a secondary job before. I, I was in charge of concessions and yeah. wrestling wrestling meets or wrestling home duels. And he, uh, during that those times, Bill had seen me have to break up a fight in the stands or have to whatever. And he had asked, he said, Hey, I think I'm going to get funding for an associate athletic director. Would you have an interest? And it just was at the the right time when we were already thinking about this. And I said, yes, I would be interested. And uh, it was literally because of family and because I had an opportunity to stay in the college athletics gig and still get to know uh, people like yourself going sure. through sure. Uh, it. It's still the best job I've ever had uh, college you, because you do get to know families and players on a different level than when you're an administrator, uh, but I still get to know them. Um, and it's, so it's the second right now I'm doing the second best job I could ever have. And I'm extremely blessed. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> It, it talking, you know, to McCabe, right? It's it's incredible how like Boyer made it, right? Yes. It's, it's, and I I went through a period of my professional life where I was traveling a lot, not 
like you were right to the degree where you're gone on the weekends and you, you're working at night and all that stuff as well as during the day. Right. Um, but I reached a point where like my kids were, they weren't in sports or anything yet, but I was just like, man, I don't know. I don't know if this is it. And it feels like coaching at that level is a young man's game. <laughs> right as weird yes i don't consider myself old but it definitely feels like man you got to have like very few commitments to do it well it sure helps yes yeah <laughs> <It sure helps. laughs> that or i guess you got to be a narcissist and just not give a shit right like, <laughs> like the only thing that matters is, is my career yes. right uh yeah well that's i mean you can't blame anybody for that, right? Like that's no. That's why we're here. No, right? you can't. I'd make the same decision again a hundred times over. It's yeah. Now my kids are both in college, and those years would have gone by. And uh, yeah, yeah, so it's it was a great decision. Was it hard to watch someone else coaching? Yes. Your t- <laughs> <laughs> players you recruited, like, did you want to get out there and just be like, hey, hey, uh, maybe try this? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, th- and that's part of the gig when you're, uh, you have to give it up. You, you can't. And th- that was hard. That was sure. really hard, actually. I still, when I'm at games, just whether it's watching a friend's child or something else, it's hard to watch um, some something you believe to be incorrect and being coached. It's hard. Uh, but what are you going to do? Yeah. So the other guy, uh, who followed you? What was his name? Dan? Dan Richards. Dan Richards was a graduate assistant for mine. So Matt Parrington, who's okay. the head coach at McAllister, played with me at Mankato, and he's a he does a fantastic job. Matt Parrington was all ready to take over for me. We okay. had everything lined up. He was ready to take over, and then he had a family situation uh, in Minneapolis where he 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 called me the morning he was supposed to be at Augustana. Um, and, and he said, it's, this is the toughest phone call I've ever had to make, but I, I can't come. And so that was la- that was like August. And so we were, um, we had to try and find someone that we, we thought would be good and, and was available at the time. Um, and at that time it was Dan Richards, who was a, a very good assistant coach. Um, it, it turns out uh, I probably put him in a, a bad situation, um, uh, not having been a head coach. And so he, he did his best. He, he's, yeah. he's a good baseball mind. It just didn't work for whatever reason. It just didn't work. Um, and the team struggled for a couple of years. And then uh, Coach Huber was brought in right after that. Um, there were still very good players around. Um, and so Coach Huber picked up and, and took off with it. Yeah. Um, were you part of the Huber hire? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. I was very fortunate to be the uh, uh, committee chair for that hire, um, and it was it came down to two people, uh, Coach Huber and another person. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say or not, but that the other person was uh, a very, very, very good baseball coach and went on to become very successful as well. So we had two uh, awesome. qual- high quality candidates. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And and yeah. so. You know, look, like we all take a little pride in 
where it's at now, right? Yes. You know, they've, they've won a national championship for this school, the furthest Northern school to ever win one, right? At yes. any level, uh, or at least at D2, right? Um, yeah, like, do, do you wear that, like, as a badge of honor? I, I know I do, right? And yeah. I'm super far removed you know, from a, it, but. A, I never, um, huh. I, I maybe should stop and smell the roses a little bit more than I do, Heine, but um, I've always thought that the it's the players yeah. that deserve the credit. And so I have, I have not, I have not thought, that's a badge of honor. I have been really, really happy for the program and really, really happy for the players who have gotten it um, to, to that level because it does take your class did start it. Um, it does take an army. Um, so I've been really happy for that, but I have never looked at it personally. Like, yes, that like um, the, I helped with that. I, I, I just haven't done you that. You should though. That like I I appreciate like hearing you say that, but at the same time, like it's all connected, right? We're not. Yes. You know, uh, my class doesn't show up if McCabe doesn't recruit us, right? And right. The cl- the subsequent success after he had left and when you had taken over doesn't happen without you building that culture, right? And creating this environment, right? And getting these players to come in and, you know, you win a con it's all, it's, it's step by step. Right. And yes, I know. Yes, I agree with you. The players are making the plays or doing whatever. And, but yeah, you are a part of that. Don't think you're not. That's, I appreciate right. you saying that. It's so, just, it's not the first thing I jumped to. How no, about that? Well, yeah. Like I, <laughs> I'm not like, <laughs> shooting emails to Augie, like, where's my ring? Right. (laughs) But I take some pride. I definitely just, I take some pride in the fact that like we helped get that there. Right. A hundred percent. And you know, I, I, this last year was fun to watch, like watch them go through the the playoffs and, you know, beat beat Mankato. They're always going to be Mankato to me, by the way, beat Mankato, you know, in the super regional and get there and, you know, not, not the result they wanted, but excited for what's to come. And yes, like you have, I I don't know. It's, it's just, it's a cool thing to be able to reflect on and and know like you were a part of that history at some point. It is. I agree. It is. Yes, it is cool. And it's fun to think about. And it's fun to think about where the program started and all the effort it took and, uh, the, the people who, who got it there, but it's, it's a blessing for the people who have been there. It just is. It's uh, awesome. For sure. Yeah. So you leave Augie and you go back to SDSU and I mean, why, like how, how is, why would you want to go to an inferior school? (laughs) I tell you what, I loved beating Augie or beating SDSU when I was at Augie. That, that was, those were probably the games that I held up and really, really wanted to win. Absolutely. Um, And we did, I think we beat them at least three out of four year last year. Didn't we, we might've swept them. It, It was that was the best year we had against them. I felt like we always just split or were yeah. one and three against them. And yeah, if it was three or four or four or four, I'll take it. 
because that yeah, my whole family we went there except my brother. So <laughs> I'll take it. I'll remind my mom and so, sister. How that happened, Heidi, is I had been uh, the associate AD at Augie for seven years at the at that point, and how how my job evolved was at Augie as the associate AD is I kind of took over all of the logistics of game days. I, I mm. got score table people, tickets, uh, ushers, all that stuff. I took all over all that. And Bill Gross was able to concentrate on fundraising yeah. and he was really good at fundraising. And so he'd raise money and then he'd allow me to be like the point person for the construction at the football stadium or when the baseball field came in or the soccer field or the tennis courts or the indoor golf. We got a lot of stuff done in those seven years. And when Justin Sell, the athletic director at SDSU now, when he came to SDSU, he came and toured the football stadium at Augie because uh, they knew they had to get something new at, at SDSU. Mm-hmm. And while we were walking around, um, I, I found this out later. While we were walking around, um, you know, I was telling you about relationships when we were walking, I'd say hi to a football player, hi to a baseball player. Uh, I think uh, Flieger, one of the Flieger boys asked when I was going to play racquetball with him next. And mm-hmm. so he saw that and he called me about a year later and said, Hey, my, um, my senior associate AD is moving on. Um, and I think I have a, a position open for you that would fit your skill set. We, I need a point person for the construction that's going to happen coming up. And he said, I love the way you interacted with people. Um, and so he is another thing where I wasn't looking for a job. Yeah. Um, he, he called and asked if I'd be interested. And anytime someone does that, you absolutely have to look. And so I went up and uh, talked and then interviewed and it worked out great. And I love working with the construction crews, Jeff, and we've been able to do the the new football stadium, the new Sanford Jackrabbit Athletic Complex, which is a hundred fifty thousand square foot indoor. It's it's unbelievable. It's uh, eight lane, three hundred meter track, a full football field in the middle, pole vault runs. It, it's just awesome. Oh. Uh, we have two new practice gyms. We're renovating our basketball uh, to the tune of about seventy million dollars. So it's it's been now nine years that I've been here and we it's been a lot of good construction and a lot of fun stuff. And the, the head athletic director is, uh, he's, uh, let's go, let's go, let's go. We, we got to keep getting better. Um, and it's paid off. We're, we're starting to be known a little bit nationally. Um, the Jackrabbits, um, you know, we win a national football championship, even though it's an FCS level, people start to take notice and then your basketball teams make the, the tournament to make a little bit of run. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden you take notice. We were second in the league this year uh, in baseball to Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts. Look what they're doing. Yeah. They're, that's unbelievable. Right. Yeah. That's pretty unbelievable. cool. It's so anyway, cool. I got off on a tangent. That's how I got to SDSU. Okay. Yeah. No, I, you know, I echo everything you're saying. I, 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 competing against them right and knowing you know that that the most of the athletes at the, at those places were all kind of from the same pool and you know, even when it was NDSU right I always looked at that and yeah. I, I rooted for them right because it's like man like that's that's like us like it was, yes where it felt like we were always um 
looked down upon by yeah. Minnesota, yeah. Iowa, yeah. whatever, yeah. right? Well, guess what? Minnesota doesn't want to schedule SDSU and NDSU anymore, right? That's like, correct. Because they're worried, right? And yes. you guys are coming, right? And it's super exciting to see that level for <laughs> kids in this area, right? To have it kind of like spread out and it's not just it's not just you have to go to the University of Minnesota or Iowa or Nebraska to find success. There are other avenues up here that if you're good enough, you can go there, you can put in the work and you'll have opportunities wherever it's at, right. To, to, to reach those pinnacles in, in the sport that you're in and what SDSU is doing is, is incredible. Pains me to say it because you know, <laughs> I get it. I right? get but it, Jeff. It's exciting to it's exciting to watch just because I know like what it means for for the for kids and young athletes in this area to have those. Yeah, you athletes. hit the nail on the head. There, it, there are a lot of places around here um, that are really, really good um, where young athletes can go and and really blossom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like in. St. Thomas, it's going to be exciting to see what they can do, right? And how they can add to this mix, yeah. right? You know, it's, yeah. It, what's interesting is it, it kind of feels like it all revolves around money, right? Like <laughs> it's if, the way of the world, isn't it? If you've got the money to build these facilities, right? And like Augie took off when they, I don't want to say yeah. took off, but you know, they, they took, took another step and climbed another couple rungs on the ladder by getting these enhancements to the facilities and, you know, God bless Denny Sanford for uh, <laughs> pouring money into all these universities locally. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes. It helps. And you, it does. You guys are experiencing the same, it feels like. Just that's incredible. Yes. Incredible it to is. see. Um, before we go, a couple things. Like, what's one thing you wish, like, incoming athletes knew before they started to play college athletics? I think it's different now than when you played Jeff and, and probably when I coached, um, I wish they really understood that it's a privilege to play college athletics and it's not a right to play college athletics. Um, cause they're not, everybody gets to, and you are, you are, going to be able to be in really nice facilities. You're going to get great coaching. You're going to travel well. You're going to get uh, uh, the, the best of meals. You're going to get a good place to stay. And that is something not to be overlooked. Yeah. That's great advice. It really <laughs> is. It really is. A, They're fortunate. A hundred percent. And it's easy to take for granted. Right? It is. You know, you, you said it it earlier, like you're coming in to these scenarios and you were the man or the woman or yes. the whatever, right? Wherever you were. And you, you do think it's, well, yeah, I earned this. Of course I should have this. Yes. But man, it, it's not that way. Right. Like crying out loud. Like when we were at Augie, like we were struggle busting it. Right, like everywhere, yes. like the the travel was difficult, the um, training was difficult. We didn't have the space, so like to see those enhancements, yeah. like strength and conditioning is way different now. Um, fuel uh, refueling stations or nutrition is way different now. Um, it's 
And I, I would also say I would uh, want student athletes to know that it's okay if they have a bad practice. It's okay if you don't have to make the game winning shot to feel good about yourself. That's okay. Sports doesn't define you. Um, There's, there's a lot of people who are struggling with, with well-being and mental health. It's okay. Uh, Don't put everything you have into what your athletic uh, prowess is. Uh, It's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Easy to get wrapped up in that and think that it is. It, it defines it is. every aspect yeah. of who you are for sure. Yes. Uh, advice for new coaches, right? That oh, want to get into coaching because um, that's a tough road. So in, that's a good question, and I I was bad at this. Uh, if I had it to do over, this is what I would do. I would talk to more head coaches, as many as I possibly could, and pick their brains. And don't think you know everything. Um, have your have your items that are really important to you and this is absolutely we are going to do this but take advice from others who have been through it read books uh, watch things talk with others and just soak it all in and then to, then you take all of that stuff and make it your own absolutely that's great that's great i you know i asked mccabe this right um not that question but just coaching back then versus coaching now and how there has been this shift of, you know, you're part of the program to, you know, now there's all these buzzwords about culture and it feels very more, a lot more player centric. Yes. What, what do you make of that? Because it, to, to me, like it felt like you were a little ahead of your time and you were trying to, you were focused way more on culture right away. Granted, I was only there one year, but it felt like you could have e- you could easily still be coaching with that kind of mentality and finding success. Yeah, good question. Um, yes, culture is is huge, in, in my opinion, I for like if I were to try to jump back into coaching right now, things have changed so much, Heine. It's the, what I taught hitting is almost um, frowned upon now. Um, And that's what I thought I was best at. You know, they, they say, no, don't ever do that. So I'd have to re retrain my brain for a lot of things, but I think recruiting is probably the thing that's vastly different now than it was before. Um, you have, you had mentioned one of the Holly uh, kids is in the recruiting business. Um, and I'm not sure what, what he actually does, but there are, I'm going to call them, they almost seem like agents where they'll, they'll tell, Hey, they just got an offer from them. What do you, what do you, can you guys do? Well, I'm not used to that. And I would struggle with that. Yeah. Um, I would be, well, this is what we offered them. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Sure. Um, and then that probably wouldn't go over very well yeah. today. Um, so things are different recruiting wise, things are different in what is taught. Um, I would, I don't know if I could jump back into those things, but I absolutely could jump back into relationships and culture and, um, those types of things. Um, but it would, it would take, uh, quite a bit for me to be very good at the other items. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's interesting. Like what Ross was doing, was almost like a breath of fresh air. Like his service was free. 
Oh, um, nice. And it was more for the athlete to help them understand the process, um, what, what, you know, what these offers mean, what you can expect and helping them find the fit for That's who they awesome. are as people. Um, as Most a, of them are not free. <laughs> no. Yeah. And it, he took a lot. It, I'm not going to speak for him, but it, I always, I, when I, when he, I would hear him talk about it, I was like, that's, we need more of that for these athletes yes. because no one looks out for them. Right. And right. nothing against coaches, but your goal is to get the best player possible because that impacts your win loss record, which impacts your ability to stay employed and or find another, you know, so like people yes. feed, you know, unfortunately there's some shady stuff that happens in that world. And so for people to kind of have a bit of an altruistic, you know, viewpoint of it is, is nice. Um, it, yes. It, yeah. Yes. Good for him. I, that's awesome. Cause I, what I am used to hearing from our coaching staff is opposite is um, even kids who are not good enough to play these recruiting services will just take their money and tell them they're good enough and they'll help them yeah. get there. Yeah. That's, we could have a whole nother conversation on youth sports and how yes. out of control it is. Yes, I agree. How dumb parents can be at times on spending money on this crap. Like we can get into all yes. that. Another yes, hundred percent sure. agree. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, you got anything else? I got like one more thing. I don't know if there's anything else you want to share or throw uh, no, out. No, I just so much appreciate you uh, talking with me, Heine. Whether Sorry. whether anybody listens to this or not, you just gave me over an hour of getting to talk with you and getting to know you again. Yeah, and uh, talk about your family a little bit. So I appreciate the opportunity to come on. Absolutely, it was my pleasure. Uh, I and you know, likewise, back to you, right? Um, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. You, you, you've got a family. You've got other things going on. It, it means a lot that, that you'd come on and, and share your, your story and, you know, your experience, not only with us, but, you know, throughout, you know, college athletics, it's, it means a lot. And lastly, I just I, I want to thank you, and, and this just goes back to who I thought I was talking to in that room when we were interviewing coaches the first thing you do when you see me on the zoom is ask how my parents are. It's, it's, it's a credit to the man you are and it's, it stuck with me. It has stuck with me, you know, for 20 years that, you know, relationships matter and they're important. It's without them, you know, this, this is a real, real lonely and sad journey. So, uh, I appreciate right. that a lot. Um, it means a lot to me that you, that you do. Yeah. So thank you very much, Jeff. You're welcome, and I'm I'm sorry to hear about your dad, and glad your mom's doing well. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, everybody listening, you know, I hope you enjoyed this. This is this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I hope to get Huber on at some point just to hear kind of his perspective on how the program is and and where they're going, and you know, all that good stuff. But yeah, like, comment, share, subscribe, do whatever, and be good. <laughs>